السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ ہاؤ یو آل ڈوئنگ الحمد للہ نحمد ونسلی علی رسول الکریم اما بعد فعود بلّہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم وبشرحلی صدری ویسرلی امری وحل العقدۃ من لسانی یفقہ قولی اللہ مہدی قلبی وسردد لسانی وسل الصخیمت قلبی امین یا رب العالمین So inshallah I want to complete Kitabul Janais today so that we can begin the next chapter of hadith inshallah so you can open up your hadith books bab number 86 bab ma jaa fi adhab al qabri chapter heading what has come about the punishment in the grave meaning what has been narrated in hadith or also what has been mentioned in the Quran regarding the punishment of the grave so the proof the evidence of the punishment of the grave its reality and also its description wa qawluhu ta'ala and the statement of allah the exalted idhil zalimuna fi ghamaratil mawti when the wrongdoers will be or are in the pangs of death wal malaikatu basitu aydihim and the angels are extending their hands akhriju anfusakum telling them that bring out yourselves al yawma tujzawna adhab al hun today you will be given the punishment of disgrace meaning a humiliating punishment you will be given on this day and al hun imam bukhari says huwa al hawan it is hawan and hawan is disgrace but there is another word that's very similar to it which is wal haun like for example we learn about the ibadul rahman that how they walk upon the earth haunan and haun imam bukhari says is a rifq that is gentleness but the word that's meant in this ayah is alhun which is hawan meaning disgrace and humiliation so imam bukhari brings this ayah first of all to prove the reality the certainty of the punishment of the grave how does this ayah prove that because in this ayah what is mentioned is punishment at the time of death and that when the angels come to take the souls of the zalimun they say that al yawma tujzauna today you are going to be recompensed with the humiliating punishment so what is meant by today This is before the day of judgment and what is before the day of judgment is a person's stay in the grave so there tujzauna adhab alhun the next ayah imam bukhari mentions wa qawluhu jalla dhikruhu and his statement jalla dhikruhu his dhikr is jalla meaning glorified meaning he is glorified sanu'adhibuhum marrataini thumma yuradduna ila adhabin azim The statement of Allah which is in the Quran that we will punish them twice and then they will be returned to a great punishment. So here in this verse what is mentioned is that some people will be given their punishment two times and then they will be taken to a great punishment. And what is the great punishment? The punishment of the hereafter. So before the punishment of the hereafter there is double punishment. twice they will be punished twice two times so what is that punishment that will be given two times where are those two times the first time in the world marratain the first marrah in the dunya and the second time where in the grave 
So the first punishment in the world, the second punishment in the grave, and then after that is عذاب عظيم in the hereafter. وقوله تعالى and his statement the exalted وحاق بآل فرعون سوء العذاب and the people of Fir'aun were engulfed by a severe and evil punishment. And what is that evil punishment that they are engulfed by? النَّارُ يُعْرَضُونَ عَلَيْهَا غُدُوًّا It is the fire which they are presented to, which they are brought to, when morning and evening. وَيَوْمَ تَقُومُ السَّاعَةُ And on the day that the hour will be established, it will be said, أَدْخِلُوا آلَ فِرْعَوْنَ أَشَدَّ الْعَذَابِ Admit the people of Fir'aun into the most severe punishment, into the harshest punishment. So again in this ayah we see that there is the punishment for the people of Fir'aun on the day of judgment, which is أَشَدَّ الْعَذَابِ But before that is also a punishment for the people of Fir'aun, which is النَّارِ Fire, which they are brought to in the morning and in the evening. So where is that punishment? It is in the grave. And Ibn Kathir, the Mufassir, he says that this ayah is one of the main evidences and asl. It is a basis, a foundation for the establishment of our belief that there is punishment in the barzakh. It's a very clear ayah because you see over here, an-nar is mentioned and then yawma taqumu sa'a is mentioned. So it's very clear in these verses that Imam Bukhari has brought here and in many other verses that are mentioned in the Qur'an that prove the existence, the reality of the punishment of the grave. And even in the sunnah, this is something that's mentioned very clearly. In fact, we are taught to seek refuge with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala against the punishment of the grave. And when is it that we're supposed to make this dua? Especially in salah, right? At the end of salah, before the salam. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min... عذاب القبر O Allah, I seek your protection. You protect me from the punishment of the grave. So this is something that is clearly established in the Quran and Sunnah. And Imam Bukhari brings a hadith over here now to prove this further. But before we continue, the question is that the punishment of the grave, what is it on? Is it on the body of the person or is it on the soul? What experiences the punishment in the grave? The body or the soul? It's the soul... Mainly, but the body as well. Mainly the soul, but also the body. You see, in this life, what is it that mainly experiences things? It's the body. The body is more dominant. Isn't it? The soul is hidden. Correct? In the grave or after the soul leaves this world, then what happens? Then it's mainly the soul that experiences everything. But the body also experiences. But the experience of the body is more, more dominant, you can say. Let's look at the hadith. حَدَّثَنَا حَبْصُ بْنُ عُمَرْ حَدَّثَنَا شُعْبَةُ عَنْ عَلْقَمَةَ بْنِ مَرْثَدْ عَنْ سَعْدِ بْنِ عُبَيْدَةَ عَنِ الْبَرَاءِ بْنِ عَازِبٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمَا عَنِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ قَالْ the Prophet sallallahu when the believer is made to sit in his grave, then he is approached. He is approached. What does it mean by this? Meaning by the angels. So this means that when a person is placed in the grave, then once the people leave, and then the grave is closed, what happens? 
the person is made to sit and the angels come to him summa shahida alla ilaha illallah the believer then testifies that la ilaha illallah wa anna muhammadar rasulullah he gives this testimony in the grave also that i declare that there is no god worthy of worship except allah and that muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam is the messenger of allah fadhalika qawluhu and that is his statement meaning allah's statement yusabbitu allahu alladhina amanu bil qawli thabit Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an that Allah gives stability and firmness to those who believe through the firm word. And the explanation of this ayah is in this hadith. That how the believer, because of his belief in qawlu thabit, what is the qawlu thabit? La ilaha illallah. Because he said it in this life, he lived by it in this life, then in the grave what will happen? When he is tested, he will be stable he will be able to give the answer and he will be able to testify in the grave la ilaha illallah muhammadur rasulullah haddathana muhammad ibn bashar haddathana gundar haddathana shu'batu bihada wa zada yusabbitu allahu alladhina amanu nazalat fi adhab alqabr another narration is mentioned over here but in that narration is an addition that this ayah yusabbitu allahu alladhina amanu this was revealed regarding the punishment of the grave So from this hadith also the reality of the punishment of the grave is clear. حدثنا علي بن عبد الله حدثنا يعقوب بن ابراهيم حدثني ابي عن صالح حدثني نافع ان ابن عمر رضي الله عنهما So Abdullah ibn Umar he narrated اخبره قال اطلع النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم على اهل القليب He said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam He looked at, ala is to look at someone. He looked at the people of the well. فَقَالَ And when he looked at them, he said, وَجَدْتُمْ مَا وَعَدَ رَبُّكُمْ حَقَّا You have found what your Lord promised you to be true. فَقِيلَ لَهُ So it was said to him, تَدْعُوا أَمْوَاتًا You're talking to dead people. You're saying this to the dead people. فَقَالَ So the Prophet ﷺ said, مَا أَنْتُمْ بِأَسْمَعَ مِنْهُمْ You do not hear any better than they do. Meaning, just as you hear me, they also hear me. وَلَكِنْ لَا يُجِيبُونَ But they cannot respond. You can answer, you can respond to me, but they cannot answer me. What is this referring to? This was after the battle of Badr. Remember that at the battle of Badr we learned that many of the leaders of the Quraysh who were opponents of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam they were killed amongst them of course was Abu Jahl Umayyah ibn Khalaf Utbah bin Rabi'ah right these main main heads of disbelief they were killed in the battle of Badr and we learned that their bodies many of their bodies were thrown into a well which was at Badr and that well was what the well of Qalib because their people fled The mushrikeen fled. They ran away. And they left the bodies of their dead in the battlefield and they ran back to Mecca. So the Muslims who were at Badr, what did they do? They had to take care of the aftermath of the battle. And part of that was also to dispose of, of the bodies of the dead. So what they did is that the bodies of the mushrikeen, some of them were thrown into a well. And when their bodies were thrown into the well, the Prophet ﷺ called out to them. Because these were people that 
he knew that he spent a lot of time with, that he invited to Islam, and these people opposed him. And in, in a hadith which is reported in Muslim, he called out to them by name, Ya Aba Jahl, Ya Aba Jahl ibn Hisham, Ya Umayya ibn Khalaf. He called out to them by name, and he spoke to them as a person speaks to those who are alive. And he asked them, that have you found what your Lord promised you to be true? Meaning up until this point you were denying me. Now have you seen the promise of Allah being fulfilled? Did you find it to be true? So the Prophet ﷺ was asked at this point, and the person who asked him was actually Umar radiallahu anhu. Umar radiallahu anhu said to him that, تَدْعُوا amwatan, Are you speaking to the dead? Meaning, why are you talking to them? What difference does it make? They can't hear you. But the Prophet ﷺ said that they, you don't hear any better than them. Meaning they hear me just as you hear me. So what does this hadith show? This hadith shows that when a person dies, the soul has left the body. The body is no longer physically alive. But the body still experiences. Like in this hadith we see that their bodies were still listening to the Prophet ﷺ. So if the body can still listen, that means the body can still experience certain things. And part of that is also the reward in the grave or the punishment in the grave. You understand why Imam Bukhari is bringing this hadith over here? To show that even after death, the body experiences something. Which is why we are supposed to respect the body of a dead person. Isn't it so? Like for example, when the body is bathed and shrouded, that process itself is a part of respecting the dead person. And even during the bathing and shrouding process, you're not allowed to expose the body. You know that. The body is to be covered with sheets, thick sheets that are not see-through, and you're supposed to wash the body from under the sheets. You don't expose the body. And you don't touch the body directly. You don't do that. There must be a cloth or some kind of barrier between your hand and the body of the deceased. You don't touch the body directly. And in fact, we learn that once there was this lady at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, and her little baby died. And the people were washing the body of the baby in front of her, and they were using cold water. And she said that don't use cold water for my baby, you're going to kill him. And her brother, Rukasha, was there. And he went to the Prophet wasallam, and he said, this is what my sister said, that you're going to kill my baby with cold water. He's already dead. So is it wrong of us to wash the body with cold water? And the Prophet wasallam just smiled at that time. And he made dua for that lady, that may she live a long life. And she did live a long life. So basically the Prophet ﷺ, he acknowledged her concern. Right? He acknowledged her concern. So just because a person has died, their body should not be treated in an inhumane way. No, it deserves respect. Because the body still experiences, it still feels, it still listens, it hears. Right. How exactly that happens, we don't know because it's of the matters of the unseen. But this hadith clearly proves that it does still listen. In another hadith also we learned that when a person is placed in the grave and the people leave, 
then the person hears their footsteps. Right? He hears their footsteps. So it's very obvious from these narrations that the body listens. Alright? Now, does this mean that we go and start talking to a dead person? Should we do that? No. We don't do that. Because the Prophet ﷺ did not do this all the time. There's only a few occasions where he did this, and that was also to teach people a lesson. Right? So this doesn't mean that we go and start talking to dead people, thinking that they hear us. In fact, some scholars, they say that these hadiths, like for example, this hadith and the hadith about listening to the footsteps of people walking away, these hadiths are about specific times or specific individuals. All right, specific times, meaning the person only hears the footsteps at that time, not all the time. You understand? It's only that the person is made to hear the footsteps at that moment, not all the time. Or it's about these individuals. So for example, the people who were thrown in the well of Qalib, not all dead people, but these dead people. Alright? Because they said that this is of the matters of the unseen, so we don't generalize it to all people. We should not talk to them because that's not what the Prophet ﷺ did or he showed us. There were only a few occasions, like this occasion. Literally, you can count them on fingertips. Alright? So it should not be generalized because this hadith you can say was regarding these specific individuals. So the question is that sometimes she's seen that you know when a person is you know their janazah is prepared that people come to them and say to them you forgive us and we forgive you this is something that should be done when a person is alive and when a person is dead and you talk to them and say i forgive you it's possible that they don't hear you right because these people according to many scholars were made to hear the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam at this time a dead person is only made to hear the footsteps at that particular time when the people have buried and they're walking away. It's not that they hear all of the time. You understand? It's not that they hear all of the time. They're only made to listen in certain times. You understand? Only in certain times, not all of the times. حدثنا عبد الله بن محمد حدثنا سفيان عن هشام بن عروة عن أبيه عن عائشة رضي الله عنها قالت إنما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم عائشة رضي الله عنها said that actually the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said at this occasion that إنهم لا يعلمون الآن that indeed these people now know أنما كنت أقول حق that what I was saying was true Meaning now these people have come to know that what I was telling them about the hereafter, etc., that I am the Prophet, etc., all of this was true. Because Aisha radiallahu anha said, وَقَدْ قَالَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى Because Allah the Exalted has said, إِنَّكَ لَا تُسْمِعُ الْمَوْتَى You cannot make the dead hear. So basically we see over here that Aisha radiallahu anha is disagreeing with the narration of Abdullah ibn Umar. And this is not the first time that Aisha radiallahu anha openly disagreed with the narration that was narrated by one of the companions. She openly disagreed with Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu, with Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhu, with other companions. Alright, when they narrated something on behalf of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, 
Sometimes she disagreed with them. And this is one of those occasions. That Ibn Umar said, he narrated that the Prophet ﷺ spoke to the people in the well. Aisha radiallahu anha said, no, that's not what he did. He said about the people of the well that they now know what I was telling them was true. You understand? So she said, he said something different. Why did she disagree with Ibn Umar's narration? Because she said, Allah says in the Quran that you cannot make the dead hear, meaning the dead don't hear. So the dead don't hear. That's what the book of Allah tells us. So why would the Prophet ﷺ speak to the dead? You understand? So Aisha anha was of the opinion that the dead do not hear at all. Alright? They do not hear at all. That was her opinion. And this is an opinion that's held very strongly by many scholars still today. That the dead do not hear at all. However, this ayah, when we look at this ayah, we see that the mauta in this ayah, the dead, is not referring to people who are dead, meaning in their bodies. It's referring to people who are dead in their souls, in their hearts. That even though they're physically alive, but they're like walking dead. Why? Because if you speak to them, they don't respond. You show them the truth, they don't feel. They don't understand. You understand? So this verse is talking about a different kind of death. حدثنا عبدان أخبرني أبي عن شعبة سمعت الأشعث عن أبيه عن مسروق عن عائشة رضي الله عنها عائشة رضي الله عنها reported أن يهودية دخلت عليها that a Jewish woman came to her came to who? came to عائشة رضي الله عنها فذكرت عذاب القبر and that woman mentioned the punishment of the grave فقالت لها and that woman said to Aisha radiallahu anha, أَعَاذَكِ اللَّهُ مِنْ عَذَابِ الْقَبْرِ May Allah protect you from the punishment of the grave. She gave this dua to her. Who gave this dua? A Jewish woman made this dua for who? Aisha radiallahu anha. فَسَأَلَتْ عَائِشَةُ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ عَنْ عَذَابِ الْقَبْرِ So Aisha radiallahu anha asked the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم about the punishment of the grave. That this is what the Jewish woman was saying. Is there actually punishment of the grave? فَقَالَ So the Prophet ﷺ said, نَعَمْ عَذَابُ الْقَبْرِ Yes, punishment of the grave, meaning it is real. It is true. قَالَتْ عَائِشَةُ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهَا عَائِشَةُ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهَا said, فَمَا رَأَيْتُ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ بَعْدُ صَلَّى صَلَاةً She said, I did not see the Prophet ﷺ after that perform any prayer Except that he asked Allah for protection from the punishment of the grave. Zada Ghundab, Ghundab narrator, he added, عذاب القبر حق. In another narration, it is said, punishment of the grave is حق. It is true. It is real. It will happen. So, what do we see here? That Aisha radiallahu anha initially did not know about the reality of the punishment of the grave. She heard about it from a Jewish woman. And then she asked the Prophet ﷺ about it. And he told her that yes, there is punishment of the grave. And then Aisha ﷺ, after this incident, she noticed that the Prophet ﷺ made dua against the punishment of the grave, seeking Allah's protection against it in every salah. Because many times it happens that there are things that are happening around you and you don't notice them until you come to know about them. Isn't it? Once you come to know about them, then you see it everywhere. 
Isn't it so? Like for example, for many women, you know, they don't notice children at all. Somebody has a baby, doesn't have a baby, who cares? But then once they have, once they're expecting their own child, then what happens? They start noticing everyone's baby. Or they start noticing that everyone's expecting. Or so many women around them are expecting. Right? So it's a very normal thing. That there's something around you, you don't notice it because you're not interested in it. You don't know about it. You're unaware of it. But once you are aware of it, then you start noticing it. So Aisha radiallahu anha also noticed this, that the Prophet ﷺ used to seek Allah's protection against the punishment of the grave in every salah. So this hadith clearly proves about the reality of the punishment of the grave because the words are clear, Adabul qabri haqqun. And this hadith shows that the punishment of the grave is not just for the people of this ummah. It's not just for the people of this ummah. It's also for the people of the previous nations, meaning the followers of the previous prophets. Because this Jewish woman was following what? The Torah. And that was given to who? Prophet Musa alayhi salam. So she was from, technically from the ummah of Musa alayhi salam. And she had this belief regarding punishment of the grave. That means that this teaching was given to them. Secondly, we also learn over here that when Aisha radiallahu anha heard something from a Jewish woman, she confirmed it from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So basically, she did not believe in it, she did not deny it until she got a confirmation from who? From the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And this is the etiquette that we must observe. That when we learn any kind of detail, any kind of matter from Judaism or Christianity, any kind of detail that does not contradict the Qur'an and Sunnah, then we must stay silent about it. In the sense that we don't, we don't agree with it and we don't deny it. And if we find something in the Qur'an and Sunnah that agrees with it, we take it. And if we find something that contradicts the Qur'an and Sunnah, then we leave it. Because that's what Aisha radiallahu anha did. And then we see over here that the Prophet ﷺ would seek protection against the punishment of the grave at the end of the prayer. Every prayer. And this is something that we should also do. Why at the end of the salah? Why at the end of the salah? Right before the salam. What's the benefit? Hmm? Okay. It's one of the best times to make dua. Why? What makes it one of the best times to make dua? Because it's at the end of the prayer. Towards the end of the prayer. Right? Towards the end of a good deed that you're performing. And this is the etiquette of making dua. That you perform a good deed. And then you make dua. Or towards the end of that good deed, you make dua. And also if you think about it, in tashahud, what do you do? First of all, you praise Allah. Isn't it? At Lillahi Right? You praise and glorify Allah. Then you send salat upon the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad. Isn't it so? And then you make dua. You understand? So make use of this time also. Sometimes we're so rushed to end the prayer that we just say the bare minimum and then we just say the salam. But this is one of the best times to make dua also.